thanks again for listening. Uh, right, so most of you will be familiar with Jim Harold. Uh, he does the Campfire podcast, the Paranormal podcast, among others. Um, so coming up is a quick interview with him. Uh, he was great to talk to uh, on and off air. Just a couple of things before we get into that then. Please remember to subscribe uh, and reviews. If you got, if you get a chance to leave an iTunes review, that really helps us out. Um, as for t-shirts, we're in the process of getting that sorted. We've been quoted like like two hundred and some quid to get the design done, but you know we're trying to get the funds together and all the rest of it. So uh, again, I know it's boring for me to ask and that, but. You know, if you can make a dollar donation or pound donation, if you can do that, every little helps to fund that. And uh, hopefully we're going to get some T-shirts that are not just the show related, but they're just paranormal in general. So, yeah, so I hope you like them. Okay, so just uh, one last thing to mention, and that's the Facebook group. Obviously, there'll be a link in the show notes for that. Uh, It's called the Paranormal Hangout, and... Just exactly what it says, really. We just talk about paranormal stuff. Obviously, you can share your stories in there. Bring up fun things you want to wear on the show. All that kind of stuff. Jodie shared a story in there recently. She was in a fire watchtower in Australia. And she heard footsteps coming up. You know, in the middle of the forest. In the middle of nowhere. That's got to be pretty creepy. But um, I did point out it could be a yowie, but... Who knows? Still think it's a ghost, but hey-ho. Anyway, so uh, without further ado, here's Jim Harold. So, I wanted to ask you first of all, how did you get started in the podcast in itself? Because, you know, it's, it's, well, I suppose up till recently it was kind of a niche area. So, uh, you know, how did that come about? Well, I, I guess I have a knack for doing unpopular things because it, podcasting was not on everybody's lips back in 2005 when I started. And um, it, it kind of it, – it's really – it almost feels like it was meant to be because of the way it kind of came together. First of all, I've always been a, a big uh, talk radio fan, and then I've also been a tech geek. And uh, there was this personality – on American television, and you may know him now because of his podcasting, but at that time he was generally known in America by the name of Leo Laporte. And uh, he's a very popular podcaster to this day. And I was looking for some of his radio shows online because he used to be on television here. And then I heard he had this thing called a podcast, and then I found out about these things called podcasts. Then I saw that Adam Curry the co-inventor of uh, uh, of podcasting had a podcast. I knew him from when he was on MTV. And then uh, after a couple months of listening, I'm like, uh, a little background, I was a frustrated broadcaster. I had gone to school to do kind of what I do now uh, on radio or TV and never ended up doing it. Uh, I'd been working uh, behind the scenes for over a decade uh, on the business side of media with advertising. And uh, worked with a lot of personalities and things, but didn't get to do it. And I, well, I was going, dang, uh, you know, I was 35 at the time. I was 35 years old. I'm like, I'm never going to get to do that. And then I heard about podcasting. I'm like, well, maybe I'll never get to do it professionally, 
but I can do this for fun. So uh, 2005, I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And I thought, well, what can I do a podcast on? And I said, well, what's something that really interests me aside from the broadcasting part of it? Something that's always fascinated me. And if I go to a bookstore, I always end up looking at the books. Or at that time, we still had libraries. Uh, and uh, it was the paranormal. And since I was a little kid, we had a show here in the States called uh, In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy of Star Trek fame. Yeah, I know that. And that got me started as a little kid, and I was always fascinated. I'm like, well, why don't I take – because I knew if I was going to do podcasting, it had to be something that really interested me. So I said, well, why don't we start with the paranormal? And lo and behold – it like kind of caught on and uh, uh, seven years later I went full time and I've been uh, full time uh, in June will be five years I've been full time podcasting. So it's been a great ride and I really think uh, I mentioned Adam Curry and Dave Weiner, the two co-inventors of podcasting. It has changed my life for the much, much better. So I'm very thankful to those folks. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a little late to the podcasting world myself. I mean, I've had an iPhone for God knows how long, but, uh, you know, it was only maybe, I don't know, maybe three years ago, something like that, that I actually thought, you know, what's this button here? And clicked it, you know, that, you know, that just shows you my level of technology, I suppose. But, but absolutely, the podcast itself is like, um, it, it sort of uh, revolutionized the, the radio field, that, uh, the genre, I think, you know, like, um, I think so. You know, like the the Walkman did to music back in the yep. day. You know, I think the podcast is a similar. Uh, you know, it's got that sort of, and I think it will go down in history as as, as that thing because it's, it's it's radio that you could take with you. I mean, what could be better? Yeah, and the thing is, is that, and and I hope this doesn't get snuffed out because podcasting is changing. But for people who started when I did, and even people who started uh, a while back when you did. Um, it gave us a great opportunity, those of us who didn't have large companies behind us, mm. to do, do kind of cool things. Um, I hope that doesn't get lost. As all the big companies come in and they see the dollar signs, um, and that's good because that means more people are listening, but I hope that the independent contact, uh, content creator doesn't get uh, kind of snuffed out in the, in the process. Mm. Well, I'm hoping that... Uh you know, the way we, we do things and, you know, with the small budgets, and all, I hope we can sound um, d- totally different to those. You know what I mean? I hope we, we, sure. we'll, we'll stand out in, you know, in that sort of thing. And hopefully then people will, you know, keep coming to, to us through that. that. Well, that's, that's my hope anyway. Yeah. And I think, I think that, I think that there's a part that, that people will know when people are genuinely interested in something and they're not just doing it as a business only, not that you can't, because what I do is now a business, but it's born out of a true uh, kind of obsession with a topic. Yeah. And and people recognize that rather than, I think, somebody that just slaps something up and says, aha, I can make some money doing this. Mm, that's the thing. It's like, because you end up with, you'll have end up with all these podcasts like, you know, like CSI, Miami, CSI, and it'll all be the same type stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it's, anyway, but um that's another that's another thing for another day in it but um so you mentioned that you know went to the library and you looked at the paranormal things and i think that's the way i was as a kid as well you know the rest of the stuff didn't really stand out to me but the paranormal stuff you know that jumped off the shelf and um 
And so I had a fascination with uh, paranormal f- right from the beginning myself. And I wonder if that led into some of the experiences I, I had, if, you know, ho- having an open mind. I wonder if um, the things that happened to me came from that. But did you have any paranormal experiences per se before starting the podcast? Or was it just literally that interest that got you into it? I don't feel that I had experiences that were like jaw dropping that happened to me personally. I had some that I, I I tell the story on my shows where I had a a song play on the radio that was very odd to be playing and very specific right after my brother died at a very young age. And uh, I think that was kind of uh, what, what is referred to as an after death communication. But a lot of people might not say that that is that striking. However, what I did have were some great family stories, uh, a couple from my dad, and he is 81. He's going to be 82 this year, and he still swears by them. And he is not – he would no more go on the a ghost hunt than try to fly to Mars. I mean, it's not his thing. And he had two great uh, stories, one uh, entailing a ghost and another one a UFO. And then my wife, uh, a few years – uh, before I started the podcast, had a very strange vision the day night my mother-in-law died. And that was before I ever podcast. So it wasn't like, you know, it's one thing if I have an experience after I'm doing this very intensely, but to have it uh, have it before, uh, I think that speaks volumes. And that was another one, another person who doesn't, you know, make these kind of things up out of whole cloth. So I guess by osmosis, I've had exposure to them. And I think that's kind of the case. I think everybody, even someone who is not, I I don't view myself as particularly sensitive, but I think almost everybody, and that's why I think the Campfire podcast is successful. Either everybody has a story or everybody knows someone who has a story very close to them that they believe. So even the skeptics, you know, it's funny, I I will tell people, particularly in the early days, tell them what I did and Tell them about the Campfire podcast, for example, where people uh, tell their supernatural stories. And the person I was talking to would say something like, well, I don't know if I buy into all that stuff. But there was this one time, and then they would go ahead and tell me their story. So I think it's universal. I think it's universal. I think everybody uh, has had exposures to, to, to great experiences and stories throughout their lives. And doesn't that just show you how normal the paranormal is? You know? It is. It is. Which is uh, paradoxical, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, obviously you've got the they've got the campfire, you've got the paranormal podcast, you've got all these podcasts, and you know the campfire itself, though, uh, you know, is my particular favourite, um, and for those reasons you've just stated. But it must be a real labour of love for you, because uh, I think what's unique about uh, your the campfire is that you speak to every person that you have on and, and that must just take an immediate amount of time. Um, so that must be a real labor of love for you. Yeah, that one's the most intensive in terms of production and everything. There's no question about it, but I think it's worthwhile. I think it's the show that makes the greatest connection because again, uh, people are sharing their stories and it's been around since 2009. That was the second podcast I started. And the thing is, is that, I never, you know, when I first started it, I thought, oh, this will be a nice little sideline. It'll be entertaining to tell spooky stories. But for some people, it means much more than that. They come on the show and they say, well, I would have never have shared this story uh, 
in the past, but having listened to your show and hearing all these other storytellers and people who have these experiences made me realize I wasn't alone. So the show ends up meaning something to people more than just uh, entertainment. I was kind of surprised by that, but I'm very, uh, I'm very honored by it as well. Yeah, no, I said that the other day to uh, a podcast that I was on, the uh, Hillbilly Horror Stories. I was on there the other day, and I said the same thing. I said, you get a lot of people that come on to your show, and they find it almost cathartic in a way to get up, yes. you know, get this stuff off the chest because there's not many places you can go and tell someone, hey, I've just seen a shadow man, you know. So you certainly couldn't go you know, to your normal um, places of, you know, where you, where you get off your chest, like, like church or whatever. You can't generally right. go to those places to do this. So, you know, uh, you've got an outlet for these people and, uh, you know, and, and I have in a in a, a smaller amount of way. But, but it's that, you know, it's that cathartic nature of it. And I think um, that's part of the reason why I wanted to start the, uh, the podcast that I did because it, for that reason, because I didn't, feel I had anywhere where I could tell these stories without being uh, ridiculed and, and all the rest of it. So, um, keep up the good work, in other words. But, um, <laughs> what, um, because obviously you get different stories on the campfire, you get, you know, everything from, uh, you, I know I told the UFO story on there as well, but we get UFOs, you get Bigfoot, you get ghosts. Uh, what, which of those freaks you out the most? Um, the ones that stick with me the most, surprisingly, are the ones that sometimes don't fall into an easy category. I call them the head scratchers. And those are ones that just kind of make you thinking, what in the world was that? I'll give you uh, an example. There was one of a law enforcement officer. And uh, he got a call that there was uh, a man about ready to jump off of an overpass over a highway. So he went out and he found this naked man and, and his partner found this naked man running around uh, screaming and losing control of his bodily functions yeah, and, yeah. and just uh, trying to attack people. And the funny thing was is that um, a state patrol car here in the States, we have the, you know, we have the local police and you have the state patrol and highway patrol. And they came up and they rolled up and said, well, we'll take it from here. Same thing with the ambulance. And this policeman had never um, seen any of the – he was a veteran in that area. He knew everybody. He knew all the patrolmen for the state, and he knew all the ambulance drivers usually. And he didn't recognize any of these people, and he took the numbers of both of these people. And, um, and when he got back to a station – he checked with the dispatchers and, and so forth, and, and he said they were kind of rude and so forth. And um, he found out that there was no ambulance by that number and there was no uh, patrol car by that number. And it almost – and this man – and I'm not doing the story justice because I'm trying to compact it here, but he was acting in a very uh, bizarre, almost kind of feral manner. So – it almost makes you think of like a men in black situation. What in Absolutely, the world did yeah. he get? The, and, and I think stories like that are the ones that freak me out the most because uh, I can understand if Aunt Millie, and I believe that does happen sometimes, comes to say goodbye, or maybe even if somebody encounters uh, some kind of evil spirit, because I personally believe that evil 
exist. But uh, a story like that one, and we've had many similar ones that aren't easily put into a box, like doppelganger stories and those kind of things. Mm, yeah, Where do you put those? Yeah, Where exactly. do you put those? So those head scratchers are the ones that stick with me. Mm, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I remember that guy telling that story. Actually, yeah, yeah, and that, uh, yeah, that was uh, very strange. But that, that that sort of uh, leads into the the cover up angle of uh, a lot of these cases. Uh, you know, where where do you stand on on that? I think some things are covered. I'm not uh, what I would get. What uh, I don't know if you use this phrase over there, but uh, we uh, a tin foil hat wearer. You know, where you believe everything is a conspiracy, and I'm definitely not in that camp. But do I believe some things are covered up? Absolutely. Absolutely I do. I mean, all you have to do is look at history to know that things are covered up, and sometimes they can actually be covered up for pretty decent reasons, and sometimes sometimes not. Uh, but yeah, sure, I think things are covered up. Yeah, well, that's the problem with the cover-up is because you, you're not sure where, what, what, what's the angle, why they're covering up. You can't really, right. you can't come down on one side whether it's a good thing or a bad thing until you know the full facts, I suppose. But, right, and, and uh, in most cases, you'll never know the full, the full facts. That's, yeah, that being part of the I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. It has nothing to do with the paranormal. Yeah, no. But uh, I think most people in the States, or the majority of people, believe that the JFK assassination was more that more play than just Lee Harvey Oswald. Most people think there was some kind of conspiracy. Now, on the face of it, uh, that would be a bad thing to cover up. But let's say that the reason it was covered up is – and I'm not saying that this is the case, but let's say the Soviet Union had a hand in it. Well, at that time, it, the, 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 the high point of the uh, Cold War just right after the Cuban Missile Crisis, that could have started World War III. Would it be, would it be ethical – to cover that up to avert the you know the extinction of mankind probably, um, but then again I still think that that particular case was covered up. So yeah yeah it does, I guess it does go to some extent to the uh, the motives. But uh, who makes the decision what to cover up and what not to cover up? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I still think um, the JFK thing. I still think Israel had hand in that. But again that's another another story for another day. But, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It, it seems like uh, almost everybody was after him. So uh, I don't know that we'll ever know the truth on that one. Yeah, something you just touched on there, actually, uh, it's just popped into my head, and I was gonna I'm gonna ask you actually. And, I, and I, again, this is pure speculation. But when we come to when we talk about the the paranormal and uh, our relationship with it today, do you think that the ancients, you know, our, our ancestors, do you think they had a more uh, stronger connection with the paranormal. Do you think they understood it a bit better than we do today? I think that's possible. If you think about it, they didn't have an iPhone in their face, uh, which, it, you know, again, I'm not dissing uh, technology. It allows me to do what I do. So I love technology, but I think people did tend to have a more spiritual side. Um, and that depends if you're talking about people 100 or 200 years ago, or if you're talking about people 5,000 years ago. Uh, because, you know, there's some thought that the ancients really had a connection and really kind of knew what was going on. Uh, but I guess the answer that I would say would be yes. I think even people a generation or two, even though maybe they didn't share it as openly about ghosts and things, I think they tended to be more spiritual. I think we have so many distractions and so many, and it's kind of, it's kind of a dichotomy. It, 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 um, 
it contradicts itself because on one hand we talk about this stuff more than we ever did, but I think that true spiritualism and true spirituality, I think people used to be more spiritual than they are now. Mm. No, I could think that. Cause I, th- I think that people are probably more easily distracted nowadays, you know, um, like you say, with the technology and stuff like that, you know, maybe back then there was a bit less going on, if you like. So maybe they had a bit more time to delve into these things. Um, so there is that, but, um, on the ghost then, as that one aspect of the paranormal, where do your thoughts sort of lead you to the, you know, what is the ghost? You know, do you, do do you, uh, more, um, you know, is it a passed over person? Is it, um, just some sort of energy, you know, where, you know, from all the stories that you've heard and, or, or do you make different, you know, do you put them in different categories depending on, you know, like I, th- the I think that's and- it. And it, it sounds like a great uh, cop out. Uh, but to me, there are a few different categories. I think there are legitimately after death communications that people have from loved ones, whether it be friends or relatives or whatever it might be. I think that's definitely a real thing. Um, I think there's residual energy, uh, like the stone tape theory. Someone once when I said that once, somebody thought I said the stoned ape. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, so I said stone tape theory, the idea that, that places, uh, carry, um, residual energy. And then I also think they're evil spirits. Um, and, and then I think there are people who think they see things and they really don't or they're mistaken or they feel a cold spot and, they didn't realize it was the air conditioning duct. So I think that's part of it too. Over, so I think it's kind of, imagination. Yeah. So I think, uh, but I think, uh, honestly, most of the people on campfire, the vast majority, I think are sincere and believe they saw what they said they saw. And most of the stories I find are much more credible than, Oh, I walked into a cold spot in a building. There's usually something that's like, Oh, wow. You know, so we, I think we get some great stories and I think people are very in, uh, very sincere. And I could only count maybe on one or two hands the whole time in the last eight years, believe it or not. And in fact, I should have looked that up because I think it's about this time of year we started uh, in 2009. I, I think there's probably less than 10 people who I felt were calling me and just trying to have a goof on Jim. I think yeah. that's been very, very rare. Mm. I mean – I was just looking into um, shadow people. I know you get a lot of shadow people on your show. And uh, we was talking about shadow people the other day. And I found this passage. I don't know if you're aware of this. There's a, there's a passage in the Quran that actually talks about uh, a shadow person. And it's almost like, you know, the old hag syndrome. Um, yes. Yeah, it, it pr- practically reads like that. This thing will sit on your chest. And they call it the jinn. Um, but it will sit on your chest and it's, you know, shadowy form. But... One of the key things that I noted in this passage was that sometimes this gin will be seen wearing a hat. Um, and apparently, if you knock this hat off, the gin will grant you free wishes. So, do you see a parallel between the, the shadow, pe- shadow people stories that you hear? And, you know, this is from obviously an ancient text now, but it's been going on that long. So, do you find any you know, solace in that. 
Well, I, I, I think it's interesting. And there was a great book done by Rosemary Ellen Guiling on the gin, and that's one of the scarier things. But yes, the gin and genies are connected uh, in terms of uh, in, in in terms of ancient writings. I mean, I think that they're very much connected, and that's where the idea of the genie came from, if, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, this stuff goes way back. <laughs> I mean, it's not a very academic answer, but I, I, I believe that. And the jinn are one of the scariest things. Um, it's one of those things where I did a show on jinn, and like the next day or maybe later that day, we had a family tragedy. And I kind of half thought, yeah, did did something that I, and I mean that it's kind of silly because this person had already been ill, but I kind of thought, hmm, you know, maybe maybe I invited something here. So I think you have to, you know, to some extent, be careful. Um, I think it was Nietzsche who said something like, you know, when you stare into the abyss, sometimes it stares back. back yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that goes to the same for the Ouija board, you know. Yeah, and, and we and I do shows on it. In fact, we're doing a webinar in a couple of nights on it, uh, or actually Wednesday. Uh, we're recording on this Tuesday. This will be Wednesday night. We'll be doing a uh, doing a webinar on it. So I certainly do programs and, and things about it. But I also think there needs to be a certain amount of caution. And even the people, for example, the Ouija board, even people who are quote pro Ouija board, uh, they'll say it's something you have to be careful with as well and know what you're doing. To me. It's kind of like a spiritual chainsaw. Uh, you know, if you put a chainsaw in the right person's hands, they can do this marvelous sculpture and ice sculpture and all these crazy things. And if you put it in my hands, I'll cut my arm off. So um, that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah, yeah, I'd go along with that, to be fair. So um, a couple of uh, strange questions to finish, I guess. Um Given your choice of the paranormal archetypes, uh, and that can be anything from Bigfoot to, you know, the Grey Aliens, whatever you want, which of those would you most like to encounter? If you had to pick one. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, probably, well, see, the my biggest area of interest is the afterlife. So I guess in some ways it would be um, a ghost that, that I could in some way verify or it would have some meaning to me. Yeah. I think that would probably like be relative, the one. Yeah. yeah. Because a UFO, that would be great to see. But again, it would, my big question when everybody says, well, what, if there's one thing that you could, um, nail down, it would be the afterlife because on my shows, and you've probably heard me say this, you know, we're not, we're not all going to see, Bigfoot, and we're all not going to see a UFO, but we're all going to die. So we kind of all have an interest in what happens afterwards. So uh, I guess that would be the one. Hmm. Fair enough. Can't argue with that. Which which would be the one that you least would like to see then? The one that interests me the least, although people are fascinated by it, is Bigfoot. Um, I, I mean, actually, it'd be cool to see Bigfoot. I'm not saying one, but if you had to ask the least interesting one to me, it would be that. I mean, certainly uh, a substantial UFO sighting. I mean, I did see a green fireball, my wife and I. Um, and it was funny. We were driving down a main road here in uh, the uh, suburban area here in Ohio. And it was about, I don't know, six o'clock at night. It was uh, fall. So it was it was late fall, early winter. It was dark, 
And we saw this uh, right above some of the stores. I know exactly where it's at. Uh, and I'm about 10 minutes from it right now. And uh, we looked up and it looked like a fireball was uh, coming down and it had uh, uh, sparks and all of this stuff. And uh, we, um, we, we we were talking about it. And all of a sudden on the radio, we were listening to a talk show. And a uh, caller said, hey, I'm on so-and-so road. I looked up, there was this green fireball, and the host is like, oh, you must be drinking early tonight. And it's like, oh, we saw it too. So we knew we weren't seeing things when somebody else independently called. That was technically a UFO, but I think that was just some kind of space junk or something like that. But UFO would be interesting. Uh, I think be a Bigfoot, to me, would be the least interesting, but still interesting. Absolutely. I think that's interesting that the, the radio host there straight away went to the drinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, must be, yeah. That's- I lost you for a second there. Are you still there? Maybe it's the gin. <laughs> right, what I was going to say before the gin interrupted us is, do you think with the advent of all these full-spectrum cameras and dashboard cameras and cameras in your pocket and, and all this, that we're going to get some proof for some of this paranormal stuff sooner rather than later? I hope we get some some uh, clues. I was actually talking to Lloyd Auerbach, who is one of the best people in this field, and he felt that confident that we are going to get some answers. I'm a little more skeptical in getting the answers because I think sometimes the answers don't want to be found, if you know what I mean in this area. But I, I do think some things may be answered. I, I wouldn't put it beyond uh, beyond possibility. Now, if you're and it depends. Different people have different definitions of the paranormal. Um, some people just think, oh, ghosts and uh, spiritual activity and psychical things are, are paranormal. And Bigfoot and the UFOs, uh, that, that doesn't fit into that. On the other hand, I, I'm a big tent person, and I, I kind of lump it all into the same kind of unexplained, and I'm interested in all of it. UFOs, on the other hand, I think that we could see a lot of movement, especially with the idea of life on other planets. I think that you know, within a decade, that the life, some kind of life on other planets will be confirmed now, whether it's single cell life or something more complex, I don't know, but I believe. So I think that we may start to inch towards something, but the life after death one, that's that's a tough one, in my view. Yeah, I go along with that. I think there are, we're, we're close to getting some sort of an annou- announcement about single cell life on another planet and that. And as for the um, life after death question, I guess we all get, at some point, we all get an answer to that one. <laughs> But um, getting back to the show then, the Jim Harold campfire, you take all kinds of stories, you know, it's not just ghost stories, is it? No, and that's the thing, people think it's just ghost stories, and it's like, yes, we love to hear ghost stories, and we love to hear UFO stories, and we love to hear Bigfoot stories, encrypted stories, and of course those head scratchers. Well, just got to say thank you very much for coming on, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity, and if your listeners have not heard the programs, they can check them out at jimherald.com. That's J-I-M-H-A-R-O-L-D.com. And uh, the Paranormal Podcast and Campfire are, are all on all the, the major platforms. Uh, uh, iTunes, of course, now they're calling it op- Apple Podcasts, the Podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, 
iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and the list goes on and on. So if you have uh, uh, if you have a computer or a smartphone, either one or a tablet, uh, you can certainly listen to the show. And obviously, if you're listening to this show, you can listen to my shows, and I hope that you'll check them out. Ah, I'm sure most people would have heard you already, but if they aren't, where you been? You're missing out. <laughs> If you are anything like us at Thrift Books, you love books. You know, real books, made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition, right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com slash podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books. <laughs> 